Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to the FT Money Show, brought to you by Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, editor of the Investors Chronicle, and I'm here with my colleague Rob Budden from FT Money. Together we aim to bring you the financial lowdown in downloadable form every week. So Rob, what have we got in today's programme? Well, we pay $6 billion a year on home insurance, but can you protect your home for less? Also, stock markets have been hitting new highs and then they've fallen back again. We look at ways to protect your profits. And finally, art. Valuations have been heading higher but could you be underinsuring your collection? And if you've got a subject that you'd like us to tackle, uh, you can email us your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. But first, it's this week's money news. So, uh, Rob, what's been the big story for savers and investors this week? Well, what's been shocking financial advisors is this sudden announcement by the Financial Services Authority to remove menus as a requirement when advisors sell you a product. And these were introduced in about middle of um, 2005, and they were designed to make the whole process and transparency of commissions a lot easier to understand for punters. So what happened with the menu was 
when you bought a pension, you would, it, your advisors would say, right, we're taking £500 in commission, and the menu would tell you whether this was high or low compared to a benchmark. From November this year, advisors will no longer be required to do this. So if you're a punter buying a product, you'll, you'll still know what commission you're paying, but you won't know whether this is high or low compared to the market. So if everything's off the menu, uh, where do you go as, a, as an investor looking to take out a, a product? How do you find out if the commission being charged is reasonable? It'll be very difficult. I mean, some firms of advisors will still stick with the menu system so that if you do buy a product, you can look and see whether you're, the commission that they're paying, they're taking, is higher or lower than the market. If they're not doing that, and we can assume that those advisors taking high commissions are likely to ditch these menus, you'll be quite left in the dark. You'll, you'll really need to do a lot more research and maybe look around on the internet and look around on the FSA website to see what sort of commission levels should be paid. But it will be it, – it is a sort of a negative step, I think. So a menu for indigestion, really? I think so. I mean, the FSA says the reason it's done this is because it wasn't lowering commissions, it wasn't um, leading to industry moves to, towards fees, and it wasn't making the high commission payers come lower down. But I do think the loss is that consumers are, are more in the dark in this really sort of difficult area. And remember, you can get all the latest money news at www.ft.com forward slash money. Still to come in the programme, how to protect your investment profits and still enjoy any future rises in the stock market with structured investment products. And do you realise how much your paintings and antiques are worth? Just for insurance purposes, you understand. But first, insuring your home. We all know that it's essential to protect our homes from all kinds of hazard. Ne'er-do-wells, leaky roofs or even fires. But is the £6 billion that we pay in premiums every year money going up in smoke? Steve Lodge telephoned Richard Mason of moneysupermarket.com for some tips on cutting the costs of buildings and contents insurance. Richard, last year Britain's top spent a total of £6 billion on home insurance premium, according to the Association of British Insurers. How on earth can we save money on what seems an extraordinary expense? That is a huge amount of money. And it's interesting to note that the ABI, the Association of British Insurers themselves, also states that by comparing four or five insurers side by side, the average person can save 35% on the premiums, or I guess just over £2 billion a year. And what about the internet? The internet is perfect for insurance because not only do insurance companies give you a discount for applying online, but it allows you to put your details once into a website like ours or some of the other price comparison sites around and you'll normally get results within two minutes from around 60 different insurance companies side by side. I would be astonished if you can't save a substantial amount of money by doing that simple exercise. And what other tips can you give us for reducing your premiums? Should I be sticking broken glass on my walls and so on? No, nothing that drastic, but it is a good idea to try and avoid claiming because as soon as you claim insurance companies treat you very harshly and put the premium up substantially or refuse to quote. So to avoid claiming things like having good quality locks on your doors and good window locks, a burglar alarm, joining a neighbourhood watch scheme. And an interesting one is to put prickly plants like pyracanthus around the edge of your gardens, particularly if you've got a fence that overlooks open land. And it just puts a burglar off if they looked over the wall and saw that they've got to scramble through brambles before they can get to your house. Then they'll be put off and go somewhere else. 
And what's that? All these other bits and pieces I read on my policy saying things like accidental damage, legal expenses, insurance. I mean, I thought I was just insuring my home. Do I, do I need all these things? No, there's a lot of competition in home motor insurance and contents insurance. Mm -hmm. And companies, therefore, look to try and make additional profit in other ways. So they'll give you a quote that's quite competitive on your home and contents. But then add in things like legal protection, accidental damage, personal possessions away from the home, freezer cover, cash, credit cards and so on. And these have the effect of almost doubling your premium. And most people don't realise that they're actually having to pay for those each time they get a quote. Certainly on renewal you'll find all those things added in and you know, you'll just stump up the money and pay, not realising you'll probably never ever use those things. So it's not just shop around companies, but really have a good read of those dreadfully boring documents to find out what you're actually buying and trying to knock out some of those extra options. Unfortunately, many insurance company renewals don't separately itemise those things. If you do go onto a price comparison website, they normally do separately itemise them for you. So you can actually see the cost of having those additional bolt-ons in your policy. And it may be that you actually want them and you value them. But most people find that as long as the contents are covered and the building's going to get replaced if it burns down, that's enough for them. That was Richard Mason of moneysupermarket.com. And for more on all kinds of insurance policy, visit www.ft.com forward slash money. Coming up, art collections and how to preserve their value. But before that, we look at structured investment products. Now, some years ago, the idea of getting an investment return that was better than the rise in the stock market, or your money back, would have sounded just too good to be true. But now you can have your cake and eat it, thanks to investments that are structured to protect your initial capital and deliver market-linked returns. So, with the stock market now approaching new highs, is it the time to buy one? Richard Anderson spoke to Clive Moore of specialist consultancy IDAD to find out. Clive, could you actually explain how these how these products work in, in quite basic terms? Sure. Well, the underlying structures can can be quite complex, but in the broadest terms, most of an investor's money is used to return the capital at maturity. So, for instance, enough is invested in a bond or, or other cash-type instruments so that the interest earned will be enough to, to return a, a pound after the five- or six-year investment period. And, and the rest of the money is used to buy options or other derivatives in order to achieve the desired growth or income return. So, for example, on a five-year product linked to the FTSE 100 index, for every pound invested, roughly 5.5p would go in charges. So that's to cover the commission to the financial advisor or the bank and to cover the, the product provider's charges. Around 74.5p would be invested in cash to return the pound after five years and the remaining 20p would be used to buy options on, on the index. So if an option costs 16p and I've got 20 pence to spend, I'm buying one and a quarter options, so I get 125% of the rise in the index. Why do you think now is a particularly interesting time for investors to be looking at these vehicles? The current market environment is very good for, for pricing, particularly capital-protected investments. So at the moment, for instance, you could pick up a, a six-year capital protected investment linked to the FTSE 100 providing 150% of the rise in the index. Um, but obviously don't forget investors are giving up any dividends they'd earn if they were actually investing in the market in return for their additional participation and, and the growth. 
capital at risk products for investors who are prepared to take a bit more risk. The terms aren't always quite so attractive with the prevailing sort of stability in the markets and, and the higher interest rates. But there are still some bargains to be had. But certainly for capital protected products, the markets are very attractive at the moment. I think I'm right in saying that the, the, these kind of products appeared just in the late 90s. And I know that when markets crashed, a lot of them did incredibly badly and lost investors a lot of money. I know some of them triggered kind of two for one losses. Are these latest incarnations, are they safer? Do they have better capital protection built in? I think it's fair to say that most of the products designed today are designed with an awareness of losses investors have suffered in the past. But but it's quite important to remember that, like anything, you know, the bad news stories are always a bit more prevalent. And there are literally millions of satisfied customers who bought structured products over the last 10, 15 years who've achieved a high level of security and a very uh, very attractive returns and absolutely delighted with the, with the performance. As a general rule, uh, I tend to be more wary of products that are more complex. So if investors are considering structured products, the more complex a product, the more special averaging or the more underlying investments, the, the more wary to be. And, and certainly if, if investors find a decent independent financial advisor for themselves, they, they shouldn't be in a position where they're going to make an unsuitable investment. So, so generally investors should be fine. But as with anything, it's, it's worth paying a bit of attention up front. You talk about fixed terms, whether it's five or six years. And what happens if someone wants to get out in between? Uh, that's one thing that's probably not a good idea. Although investors will generally get a, a, a pretty decent, uh, decent return, obviously if you're making a five-year investment that's capital protected, leaving after two years, you're not going to receive your full capital back. Generally, the terms won't be too bad, but I wouldn't consider a fixed-term investment if you weren't considering staying in for the, for the full term. That was Clive Moore of Structured Products Consultancy, IDAD. And to learn more about these products, look out for a special Investors Chronicle supplement due out on the 29th of June. And finally today, art. Last week, you may have seen reports about Damien Hirst's latest work, a diamond-encrusted skull, being valued at £50 million, despite the fact it only cost him £14 million to make. So, even if your taste in art is more conventional or economical, it pays to find out just how much it's risen in value and to insure it for the right amount. To that end, we asked our very own art critic, Ellen Kelleher, to find out how to do it by visiting Charles Duplin, who's chairman of the Arts and Private Client Division at Specialist Insurers Hiscox. So, Charles, if you were to buy a piece of art, particularly contemporary art, what are some steps you could take to reduce the risks that come with buying it? I suppose there are two principal risks in buying the art. The first is that in some way it will be stolen or damaged. The second is that you might buy something which turns out to be worth an awful lot less in the future than you had um, originally paid for it. So you're obviously interested or at least I am being rather Scottish in making sure that the art that I buy maintains its value to the extent that's possible. Of course, you can never be absolutely right on that. But if I took the sort of insurance risks, first of all, Hiscox is very lucky in that we actually have a living and breathing, pretty well-known contemporary art collection ourselves, which is on the walls of our offices, which includes works by Hearst and and other very, very well-known artists. And... In the time since I've been here, it's been blown up by the IRA. We've had things stolen. We've had malicious damage by builders. We've had accidental damage by cleaners spraying window lean all over picture. And even though we think we look after it well, 
things happen. So I would get it properly insured. Moving on to the risk of trying to see whether you can maintain the value, that's much more difficult. My first tip would be buy something that you actually like and don't buy it because it's got a famous name attached or you're told the artist is very good or coming along. Secondly, I think it's well worth asking around about the artist. The art world is is quite led by fashion and also by appreciation. So... Uh, and most dealers would love to talk about their artists. And uh, there are lots of dealers around, there are lots of fairs, and simply by asking around, I think you can find a lot out about the artist. Charles, do you think underinsurance is a problem in the market now? Well, this has become a very big problem because uh, in contemporary art, of course, one can get enormous surges in the value of things. And um, we saw this quite recently with Jack Vetriano, who famously had a picture which sold in the late 90s for three or four thousand pounds. And latterly, it was sold three years ago for three quarters of a million pounds. So you suddenly find enormous surges. And quite often people are therefore underinsured if they've bought something that happens to have risen in value sharply. Things that have risen in value very sharply recently would include uh, works by Francis Bacon or, at a more modest level, works by Banksy, the sort of underground artist. Charles Duplin of Hiscox there. And to find out more about art as an investment, visit www.ft.com forward slash money. And that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember that you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, from the FT Money Show team, and from our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. from the FT Money Show team and from our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. Blue Barracuda.